What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Song here, your host, doing the most. It is episode 84. Welcome to everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Today, got a special guest. You know him, you love him. Gil Cabrera in the house. We're going to talk all things iOS 13.1, Apple saying sorry about Siri, and Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus. You know, we got to talk about that. Now, before we start, just a couple of orders of business. First of all, this show is all about you all, so all you have to do is call in. Well, don't call in. Record a voice memo using the Voice Memo app, and then send it along to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. We got a whole bunch of great calls this week, so I'm so happy for that. And also, to be a part of the show, just to help support this, I'm completely independent. You can go to patreon.com slash Tong. Starting at $2 a month, you can support all the content that I do. But also, look, if I've given you $5 of value worth a month, $5 is a cup of coffee. You can support the show at that level, 10 25 The platinum level is at 100 We have different rewards, different type of early access and exclusive content. And the biggest thing also, a completely ad-free version of this podcast. You don't get any ads whatsoever. You just flow through it like butter. So thank you so much for your support, patreon.com slash Brian Tong, and I couldn't do it without y'all. So thank you, and hey, let's get right to it. Friend of the show, uh, I'm going to call you a regular on the show now, Gil Cabrera in the house. What's up, BT? You're, you're like an esteemed contributor now. You're, you're a little <laughs> contributor. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. It is always my pleasure to talk tech with you, brother. It's also kind of a good excuse for us just to catch up too, honestly. Like, yeah, the the the, the pre show part is where we're like, hey, what'd you do last week? <laughs> people are like, people are like, give us the pre show bonus. No, no, it's 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 not that interesting. I mean, it could be. You're all, <laughs> you're not, all, you're it's, all know it's, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it depends on the day, right? Like, like today it was just like, hey, man, I traveled some. It wasn't too exciting. <laughs> all right, well, we're gonna just jump right into this. Um, all the latest tech and then kind of some of the fun stuff. We're gonna also get into a Disney Plus. Apple TV Plus conversation, you know I've been talking about so much. Now I can finally have someone to bounce it off of. So we'll get to that. But first, let's get to the kind of the latest story this week. Apple finally apologizes over Siri privacy concerns. They will resume their grading program this fall with several changes. Now, for those of you that need to be caught up to speed, uh, it might have been a few weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, there's a report that came out of The Guardian and a contracted worker with Apple basically needed to and wanted to come clean to them and told them that Apple contractors had regularly heard confidential confidential information while this Siri grading system would bring in anonymized audio samples that they would use to analyze. Now, some of the stuff that this system heard could be personal dealings between a doctor and a patient, potential business dealings. They also said what would believe to be shady, maybe drug business deals, as well as everyone loves this sexual encounters because, you know, I told you, I told you, Gil, don't make Siri the safe word, okay? <laughs> Damn it. You're right. Do not I figured make if Siri we, the safe word. I figured if we didn't use hey, it would be okay. <laughs> Anyways, so what Apple is now saying, like, hey, we've reviewed our systems. We aren't living up to our standards and ideals they actually used the word and said for that we apologize and they are doing the right thing at the same time it always feels like the only time apple really does the right thing is when 
they've really been caught and exposed for doing this. We saw it with um, the touch disease screen issue where they denied that for a while. It came true. Battery gate. They kind of beat around the bush with that. And then I, then they're like, okay, we're going to do a battery replacement program. We've seen this with the MacBook keyboard program. Um, other small, uh, even the MacBook Pro screens that have kind of been hush-hush. We now have this with Siri. So it seems like they only react to this when it's a big deal. But Gil, what are, what are kind of some of your thoughts on this whole situation? So two things. First, on on, on their reaction on this one, I'm, I'm not sure that this one would have been as obvious to them because they're using contractors and they're getting this information but at least as i understand it they would they don't they don't use that information when it comes across and it's not a a, a, a wrong command or a misunderstood command it would just be sort of deleted it's not helping their system so i am not sure that they're that it's so much that they even knew about it or that the reporting mm-hmm. was as solid as it could have been up their chain i think it's good that they're getting rid of the contractors because that's always an area where there is all sorts of privacy issues and a lot of um, loose issue, loose uh, security issues. I mean, you remember Snowden was a contractor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always a weak point for security as a general proposition. So I think that's a good thing. This is the zipper one, right? The which like, zipper the, one? Wasn't isn't this the one where like they the, one of the weird sounds they heard was like a like a zipper like I, zippers would somehow wasn't this wasn't this one that I mean I don't Do I don't, honestly that? I don't recall that but you're saying like <sighs> a zipper would set off a voice assistant and then it would like they would, totally like they would hear a zipper and the zipper <laughs> would would flip it up it's I, I swear to God it's one of them I have to find it but I text it to you but uh, and I thought it was this one but so the so the funny thing about Siri for me is. Um, uh, in our in our this, this is funny information, but in our office bathroom, when you open the door, whatever noise that door makes triggers my my Siri on my watch every single time wait, when I'm wait, walking. What? Out, yeah, when I'm walking out of my bath uh, out of the office, my I'm I'm in a you know office tower here. When I'm walking out of the bathroom in the office tower, whatever noise that door makes, tr- it, it Siri's always like. How can I help you? And I'm like, what the? And I'm like, there is no other sound. It's just literally the door. And I don't know what it is that makes it think that it's a trigger word, but that <laughs> triggers Siri every single time. And, you know, it's hilarious because it's oh, the other thing is it's always walking out of the bathroom. It's never walking into the bathroom, which is weird. But it's so so there's never anything interesting to hear. But it's a hilarious thing. Um, that happens. So it's just so I'm sure they get all sorts of stuff. I mean, um, I hear it more from the Amazon one where, where it's like, I'm listening or you hear the, you know, mm-hmm, in my house mm-hmm, than I do know. from, than I do from Siri, uh, triggering, uh, by accident with the exception of my office bathroom. <laughs> well, the, okay. So your office door, bathroom door has a voice. No, well, There's it, no other, it's, it's speaking, in dulcet tones to the Apple watch because they said like the device that kind of gets to the most that people don't notice is the Apple watch because you don't hear a doot doot, especially if it's on silent, right? Right. Which so, makes total sense. And, but, all, but remember there was something about, there were certain tones mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that aren't a voice, but they, that also <laughs> trigger the assistance. And I think that, I think it's just like, whatever the door isn't oiled properly or it's squeaking or something, whatever it is putting out noise wise, it's totally triggering 
I it's think, crack up. I need. Yeah. I think I need some visual evidence. I need a video of this, Gil. <laughs> I need to see this in action. All right, I'll, I'll think about it. It's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird walking into my office bathroom with the, with the iPhone on. <laughs> hey, trust me. Uh, back in the my previous employer, when we would bring in the big cameras to the bathroom for specific scenes, probably probably wasn't the coolest thing to do. Probably wasn't the yeah, coolest thing to yeah. do. Well, my you know uh, my wife Krista still thinks that. <laughs> everything hears something because we've had now i think two or three occasions where she and i have had some sort of discussion about something either on the phone or in person and then at some point an ad pops up oh it's happening all the time right i mean that that and 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 there's been a couple times recently where i'm like okay i know i never wrote anything in gmail or text or anything about this this conversation we had and now i'm getting like some something we needed in the house i'm getting we haven't even looked it up on amazon and and i'm getting an ad for it like what the hell no it is, <laughs> it is so scary how that happens you might have whether i mean everyone believes what you're saying right like we've had conversations and maybe subconsciously like we've talked about it before we looked at it and maybe we looked at it later but you know things as crazy as i'm on a browser on computer a and then on my other phone, it shows up as an Instagram ad. And you're like, what the yeah. hell? How is this? Yeah. Like, I know cookies. I know I know about cookies, everybody. But still, to that level of there's something going on that's fishy, uh, right? The, the last one that literally happened like a week ago, it was literally an Instagram ad. And it was like, what the hell? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, I don't, and I don't know if I saw it for a brief moment and then flipped through. But yeah, it's happening. It's totally yeah, happening. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, either way, just to describe kind of some of the ways that Apple is going to be cracking down and um, changing their policy, they said, just to specify this for people that are interested, first, by default, they're no longer retaining the audio recordings of Siri interactions. Um, they'll use computer-generated transcripts to actually help Siri improve. So I guess they won't have people listening to them. Second, as a user, you're going to be able to opt into this program to help Siri improve by learning from the audio samples. Um, if you do opt in, you can obviously opt out whenever you want to, but you have to choose to participate in it. And then thirdly, if you opt in um, only, only Apple employees will be able to listen to the audio samples of the interactions, not contractors. <laughs> only yeah. Apple employees. Only very, Apple employees. There's only 20,000. Very, 20, very important distinction yeah. here. Totally then, trustworthy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So those are some those are those are some of the things that they does, threw out there. Does the transcript one make any sense to you? Like, how the hell no. does that help improve Siri if Siri is doing the translate? Here's where it's gray. At one point, they say they mentioned in this kind of breakdown transcripts, but in another point, they say audio recording. So I'm like, I I don't you know what yeah, what like exactly is it? Yeah, it's transcripts. If you don't opt, it's yes. transcripts. If you don't opt in, yes, 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 yes. Uh, would you opt in? Um, uh, here's the thing, although it sounds creepy and people might like be like, what are you talking about? I've already kind of given up my privacy knowing that if I have a Google home and a Amazon product in my house, what's the difference that it, whether Siri hears or not, quite honestly, Siri is my safe word and they should be really happy that they can experience <laughs> such amazing moments in my life. But like, we've already, we've already like, look at the, what's more dangerous, a voice assistant or even everything that we do on our phone. 
Yeah, no, no I'm with uh, you. I, I'm not. I'm not sure why you wouldn't opt in. I mean, I think it's. I think it's good. I think it goes with their branding on privacy. I think they're, they're since they've been leaning into it now yeah. for a couple of years, they have to. They have to make it an opt in as opposed to an opt out because the opt out's the, the the BS one, right? Yep. Um. So I I think it tracks. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm not sure why I wouldn't opt in, particularly since I want Siri to improve. No, I was gonna say like <laughs> Siri needs all the help she can get. Yeah. Whatever yeah. new system that John Gian Andrea from Google is building for them, yo, take the data, like make it better. Just just make it better. And I think, you know, there are two camps. People say, I like the privacy and those that don't, but those that don't um, care about, sorry, that those that are willing to give up their privacy, they just want a better system. And so whether you opt in or opt out, take my information, do whatever you need to do with it. Yeah. Well, and like, I think I've told you, I mean, of all the companies, right, of the Facebooks, the Googles, um, the Samsung, even Samsung, because it sort of basically has Google as the back end and the operating systems. Apple is still the one I trust the most mm-hmm. from a privacy perspective. And one thing I've been trying to do, which and I haven't really done it yet, is move like my G, my Gmail is my personal account, and I've been I've been trying to start moving stuff, especially the more like sensitive like financials or medical mm-hmm. stuff, over to an iCloud account, um, just because I I just. I, I, you just know Google's going through all your crap, <laughs> you know, and, and, <laughs> totally. and I'm just, and I've just, you know, and that's, that's where, where I'm trying to move. I just, tr- Google's just one of those companies from a privacy perspective. I've just never trusted. So, yeah, yeah. and there's nothing that's going to, you know, there's nothing that's going to really change that much. Like we've talked about the perception of companies and kind of how they started, where, where their roots are and how they've treated our data. It's not like all of a sudden it's going to change all of a sudden because that's how they right. make the, the, the differences with Google and Facebook and Instagram and all them. They need our data to make money, right? Yeah. That's how oh, no, they profit, we're, yeah. right? We're, we're the product. I mean, that's yeah. the thing, right? Totally. So that, and, that, and that's the difference. So I, so that's, and again, I, who, who knows if it's, if it's just a feeling of more privacy, right? You're still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're still stuff is still out there on the web and everything else and everything else. But I just feel better about it. So I've I've been slowly moving, but man, man, the interface of iCloud sucks. It does. <laughs> the, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It does. The web the web interface does. It's just Let's, terrible. I'll shed a we'll shed a tear for that. It they did they did uh, I think release a recent new iCloud uh, home landing page. So maybe that's a sign of things to come for you. Yeah, just just to let you know. All right. I have little, I have little faith. Ye of little faith. All right, let's talk a little bit. We're going to kind of go down this list. I'll, I'm going to kind of hit it quick, but uh, also kind of get some of your reactions. Apple just surprised us with a new release of the iOS 13.1 beta. Now, this is why it's interesting. iOS 13 hasn't even come out, and typically the iOS 13.1 uh, version of the operating system will come out a little later. That's typically like a few months later where they launch uh, maybe a new feature or so that they've teased, but also emojis. That's that's really <laughs> the biggest advantage of 13.1. But here we go. Here's just some of the things that they've either brought back from earlier betas or have added to it. They're bringing shortcuts to automation. So it used to be part of the shortcuts app. This allows you to create personal and home automations, things like, oh, do something at this time of the day or when you arrive home. This is all done specifically through the shortcuts app. They're bringing back the share ETA. This is kind of cool. We've talked about Apple Maps and how it keeps on getting better. But once you punch in your directions in your map, you'd be able to share your ETA with a friend or family member once it knows where you're going. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's a cool one. I like Actually, that I may not I like use, that because yeah, I don't, the, you know how like, <laughs> right, 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 right. you know how like, hey, you know how like um, 
when you're driving and you're late and you tell someone, hey, I just got off the exit, but really you're like two exits away. That yep, might not yep. work into, to my advantage for that. That's true. The other thing is I don't, I mean, I rarely use Apple Maps in the car because the car has its own mapping system, right? So it's, it's, it's very rare that I would use that in the car. So that, that I'm not sure true. how much I'd actually use it. Um, yeah, I, when I'm driving my own car, I don't know if I'd ever. Yeah, that's a it. good point. Um, dynamic yeah. wallpapers, they brought a few new colors to the table. Um, the volume indicator, which is now kind of a sidebar, when you click on it really quickly, whether you're connected to AirPods or HomePod, a little mini icon shows up. That's kind of cool. Um, there's new HomeKit icons in the HomeKit app that are more specific to actual products. Um, a variety of other kind of little subtle things. The biggest thing that I think is subtle, most important here under the radar, HEVC improvement. So what that stands for is high efficiency video coding. And why that is important, ladies and gentlemen, is that Right now, you know, um, H.264 is kind of the buzzword for the codec of how they compress our video, that high quality is to be able to see it in different places like the web, on your phone. Um, but HEVC is like that next generation, and that's technically H.265. What makes this interesting is that it adds special encoding for alpha channels to make green screen style compositing a whole lot easier. Now, when I saw this, it instantly triggered my mind that last year sometime, and then I looked it up, Apple acquired a company um, from, shoot, what, was it a Dutch company called Spectral? And what their specialty was specifically was for taking someone with a moving scene and background and basically cutting them out and allowing you to pretty much green screen them on the fly with a lot of detail. And so typically when Apple has acquired companies, they don't just do it just to do it and they disappear. I'm wondering if this is a preview of maybe us starting to see them flip on that switch for like green screen style fun video with just your phone and that's it with this new HEVC codec as well as that acquisition they got. I'm just putting that would the, be cool. I'm, yeah, I'm it also it all, yeah it also tracks with what they're doing with the coming iPhones, which we'll talk about later. But in terms of on the fly video editing yep. and just giving them a lot more capability, um, and then it also sort of harkens back to old Apple stuff remember remember when in the original sort of like uh, video chats you yes. could uh, you could put stuff behind you and it was awesome and then that just all went away yes um, but that would be cool to be able to sort of have that and i think that's one of those things that kids including up me and you yeah. would have a good time would have a good time with it's fun um, yeah it's totally fun when you just you remember like you could put yourself in like a fish tank yep and a roller coaster like people yeah forget. it was like a I don't, I don't even know if they called it FaceTime back then. It was actually through the app on your computer. Right. It was like yeah. using the – I don't know what the app was called, but it was using the, the camera and a specific app, and then you could video call each other through only the computer, guys and gals, not your phone, just only the computer. And there was like a roller coaster and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, there was – I remember the roller coaster. The, there was, it might have been like there was a space one, and then for sure there was a fish tank one. Yeah, yeah. There was like an um, aquarium. And I think they had they had done a version that made you look that changed you and made you look like a hologram, like a like a Star, Star Wars hologram, Wars, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they, it was it was some cool stuff, and then they just kind of like stopped doing it. So yeah, it was like, like yeah, one of those like silly charm things. I will. I'm going to come clean right now and tell you that uh, I used that video chat in effect a long time ago when I first started talking to Shauna. Like one of our first video chats, we were just like playing with those effects the whole time. <laughs> like, this That's something. So. 
Yeah, it would drive it would drive my wife crazy because when, <laughs> when we FaceTime with our kids, like if one of us is traveling, the kids are are fully using like the animojis and the emojis and all that stuff, and it drives her crazy. But imagine if you had like animojis plus green screen. Oh god! I mean, yeah, it'd be it'd be kind of fun. I'd totally do it. Yeah, I, I know you're all you're all about the emojis. You're all about the emojis. <laughs> <laughs> I like the shark one the best, actually. The That's <laughs> the sh- a cool one. That is that is good. So, all right, so we got some of those updates. Other small ones. Um, it looks like you're going to be able to start installing actual fonts. Uh, there is reports about this, but what's interesting is that if you go into the settings and the fonts option in general, there's actually it directs you to an app store to buy fonts. We'd never heard of anything like this, but presumably we could see us purchasing fonts and maybe for more creative apps, things on the iPad Pro. I think that could really come into play and allow, you know, with Photoshop and maybe Illustrator and other higher end pro apps in the future, whenever that happens coming to be able to have a font library, just like you do on your computer and then take it with you on the go. That's actually pretty interesting for creative. So I like that one. Yeah, it could be, I mean, not so much useful on the iPhone, but yeah, for the iPad, it would be, you could see that being kind of a nice little um, add-on to it, especially if you're using it, if you're using the Power Pro ones as, or whatever the hell we're calling them now, the Pro ones as, as, a, as a full creative unit. That, yeah. that could be cool. So uh, iOS 13.1, it's a developer beta. You can only get it if you're a developer at the moment. It's not available in public beta, but it's the first time we've seen them release it before an iOS has even been released, which probably tells us that iOS 13.1 will come very shortly after iOS 13 in there. More than anything, they must have put some hooks in there or APIs specifically for developers that they needed them to get access to to test their apps on. So um, yeah, we'll see. Are, are, I, I was I was curious if they're going to do, if they if you thought they'd launch it with 13.1. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, it's so... We're still you know. two, what, two weeks out from September 10th and usually they don't update it until the release date, right? Yep. So that's probably right. So that's probably the end of the month. So yeah, I mean that's a month out, and that's that's enough time for the beta to kind of work itself through the system. I would it, think. it could even be something that we don't know, like a crucial security patch that they, they right. start talking about. That yeah, that's why that, they're jumping the gun too. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because, but it is a it is a full point. It's not like the security patches are usually like the O ones or the O twos, right? So that's yep, the yep. only that's the only weird thing about it. And then uh, the other thing that that I know you're disappointed about though is the <laughs> is the lack of the. Uh, of of the walkie-talkie feature, right? Like that's well, bumming this, you out. This crush this crushes my heart. Um, but this is actually a cool story, and I think this isn't the last we've seen of it. But a report that came out from the information earlier this week talked about we know about walkie-talkie on our Apple Watch. Gil and I have pretty much used it the first week and never again. <laughs> I, and I'll tell you, I'm pretty sure you're the only person I've ever walkie-talkied with. <laughs> you, none of my, none, no, no one else I have that that I would do it with has a damn Apple Watch. So that's part of my problem. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like, like an Apple Watch that supports it. And then I don't know if you remember, and I didn't even remember because I stopped using it. They actually disabled the walkie-talkie app for a, like a month or so because there was some security issue, and all then right. they brought it back. I had no idea because I literally hadn't been using it at all. No, we, I remember. I remember it was like the first week, and we like did did a couple back and <laughs> yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. And then that was like it. Uh, but like my two best friends don't have Apple Watches. My wife doesn't have one, and my sister, who's the only other person I'd probably use it regularly with, uh, her Apple Watch is too old. So I might have to like upgrade her Apple Watch just to see if I actually use the damn thing. But yeah, I don't know if I'd use it on an iPhone either, though. But here's the thing. Okay, so I'm gonna um, talk about what this actual walkie-talkie feature for the iPhone is. According to this report, Apple was purportedly developing a walkie-talkie tech 
in partnership with Intel, but it was going to be used as a way to let iPhone users communicate to each other in areas without cellular coverage. So it would work like a walkie-talkie for text messages. They called it internally Project OGRS. Uh, it stood for Off-Grid Radio Service. And so it would run over the 900 megahertz radio spectrum currently used for like dispatch radio communications. But they were going to allow this for people, for iPhones to take advantage of that spectrum. And so let's say we're on a, you know, I don't know if you're on a hike um, and or you're somewhere camping or things of that nature where you really don't have any um, iPhone cellular signal at all. This this was, this is really cool. And even maybe if your signal is super low, you could take advantage of it. I don't know exactly if there's limited areas where you're allowed to get access to that spectrum, but you know, I could see this being super helpful um, and just kind of cool to the fact that it exists that they have. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was cool. I thought the potential of it, and this is why, again, I'm, I'm not sure how much I'd use it, but I think the potential of it is kind of emergency stuff, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of, you know, wilderness hiking kind of stuff, especially if you get separated. Um, you could see that being handy, but I, I, I don't know, Brian, how often do you go where you don't, where you have zero signal? I mean, uh, Brian, I, how I, often I, do you go wilderness hiking? I mean, I'm just, I'm just not, I, you know, we were in, I was telling you, we were in Mammoth a few weeks ago. I had coverage throughout, <laughs> you know, and we, and we did go hiking and I, and at no point did I lose coverage. Okay. So, I, have, I have the perfect example for you. All right. Las Vegas CES. The cell phone uh, coverage there is actually pretty horrible, especially if you're on AT&T. It's pretty bad. Or where else? Um, I don't know if you've ever gone to any underground clubs lately. Not that I have. But I, <laughs> I remember those being uh, areas where cell signal was not very easy to get access to. Right. But then again, you're, you're in a club. And so you're, so what's the, you know what I'm saying? Like what's, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, use what's the use there of a walkie talkie? Maybe if, you, if there's texting, maybe. Uh, but that's it. Um, but Gil, yeah, are the they, cops you know, after, Gil, are the cops after you right now? <laughs> <laughs> are they trying to you track what? you down? My office is downtown San Diego, so you get something on on CES. You know whose fault that is? That's the let me let me give you my convention center. Yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. Information. That's the convention center's fault because um, it's hard to bring in a signal even with micro towers. And so what sort of has been happening over the last like five, 10 years is uh, the convention centers are spending money on it, like San Diego's, is they, they actually put in an antenna system inside the building that covers every corner. And then the carriers just come onto your antenna system. Oh. So inside the San Diego Convention Center, like at the height of Comic-Con, you have full bars and crazy bandwidth on an LTE network. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, I was kind of blown away by it when they, cause when they, you know, when they, when they showed it to us, it was like the building's empty, man. You're, this doesn't prove anything. Mm-hmm. But when I, but I've tried it since and it's, it's been pretty awesome. Sorry, man. It's a big, it's this okay. is like the third, uh, the third siren going I'm by. Telling you, if you need to get out of your office right now, just, just go already. I mean, I will understand. We'll find out about it later on the news. But um, uh, they're, they're going to the train station. I just looked. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Even Anaheim was there. Was it was? I was over at D twenty three this past weekend. the The cell quality was was very poor. But beyond that, whatever. Yeah, they don't. They don't have this. They don't. Have, it's called a distributed antenna network, so they don't have that either. And then, um, and then they have that floor that's underground. That's just awful. Well, you know, Gil can pat himself on the back. Being was it was it like the board the board for the convention center? What, what was yeah, your official yeah. title? Yeah, I'm on the board of the convention center. Yeah, so he's been so Gil. In case you didn't know, has been doing that for years. So um, obviously, a little expertise in there. I like that. Now, here's the other thing um, that I find interesting about this walkie-talkie feature. 
I don't think it's dead yet by any means. And the reason why is because we know that obviously Apple joined up with Qualcomm because they're going to be providing their 5G modems for them. But remember, Apple just acquired Intel for their modem business. And one of the things that, you know, I had said earlier was that, look, they're going to be able to implement features that we haven't thought about just purely because they have the hardware integration to do this. So it's not going to be next year. Maybe it's in two years, maybe it's in three years, but I think this whole walkie-talkie iPhone feature is going to come back in some way, shape, or form just because of that Intel modem relationship and the fact that they have all the tech now. Yeah, well, and, and I, I think it, I, I agree with you. I thought the same thing when I saw the Intel piece. And I, I think it, it, it could be a very cool feature. You could also see it being kind of like an emergency. You can almost have it put off an emergency beacon. I mean, there's all sorts of interesting things you could do if you're off network, right? Yeah. Which would be, which would be amazing. Very cool. All right. Um, last week... I recorded the show before Bloomberg dropped a whole lot of information that updated us on kind of what to expect with the latest iPhones and iPads and MacBook Pros. A lot of it is what you already know. I don't want to kind of beat us over the head with the whole, uh, yeah, three different sizes, a triple lens camera sensor. Um, but I will point out a few things that the article brought to light. It's at Bloomberg if you want to check it out. Um, but what I thought was really interesting is that Mark Gurman and friends were able to kind of detail specifically the camera capabilities of this triple lens camera in more detail than we have ever heard before. So we know about this. The third sensor for the camera is expected to be this ultra-wide angle photo lens. But what he talks about is that when you take a photo, the sensors are going to be capturing three images simultaneously and then use AI specifically to correct the combined photos. So one of the examples he talked about is if someone like you might cut someone out of the photo or out of the shots, the system stitches or takes the information from these photos and then will i guess ideally push out a little bit to incorporate everyone it's also going to be able to take higher resolution pics rivaling some traditional cameras they're saying and then the photos are going to get a whole lot better low light environment improvements as well the other cool thing and um gil you talk touch about this is like some of the video recording capabilities right yep totally and i mean this is on the fly real time they're going to be able to, according to the report, retouch, apply effects, alter colors, reframe, and crop the video as it's being recorded live on the device. I thought that was, I, again, you're going to be multitasking with your fingers a whole bunch, but you know, the, the, we want to find new ways to enhance what these things do. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, you know the problem with it, though, is that they're <laughs> doing it with the iPads. So you're going to have all these damn video people doing video with the iPads. Why? <laughs> why? Like, are you just trying to ruin my day? We're just trying to ruin my day, Gil. No, I'm just. I just. I, you hate it as much as I do. I know this. I've heard. I've heard you say it, and it's just one of those things where you got these people with these huge damn iPads taking video of some concert or something in front of you, and you're like, "Come on, man! Like, pull out your iPhone and use that for it. This is ridiculous." <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, the the editing features are pretty cool, and that's that's going to be awesome. And then the the camera thing is, you know, we've talked about this before. The thing about the cameras is and i just had this conversation because my my uh my nine-year-old's about to turn 10 and she wants a, a like a dslr and i'm like why <laughs> i was like you know i mean uh, you know a she's got a ipad but she also has a i we have a camera yeah a really nice one and she's like wants her own i'm like i never use mine because i have the <laughs> iphone now why don't you just use the family dslr and move on for it but this continues to sort of move down that direction where more and more capabilities it's it's just going to be such a good uh, image that you you know you almost are never going to want to carry around a big ass camera. I mean, it's already ridiculous. Like, I mean, just the fact that yeah, sometimes it's fuzzy on the edges, but portrait mode is pretty dang good. 
And oh, like yeah. when you get those money shots, you're like, dude, this is my phone. This is crazy. We like, use, whatever we phone use you're the, using. We used a portrait. So my, my older daughter uh, does theater. We used a portrait mode taken shot of her for her headshot. And it's amazing. Dang. Yeah, it looks amazing. So, um, and so it, so it works out really well. But now, so do we know when the uh, iPads and MacBook are coming? Because I'm, you know, I'm in need of a new iPad. And I'm just wondering if I should prepare myself for September 10th or later. I think you should. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here. But I think you should prepare yourself for more like October. Only because I'm thinking out loud. If this is, if September is they're launching iPhone and Apple watch. And then most likely they're going to talk about some of their media services. I think that throwing in an iPad would just be a lot of there. There's too much to talk about. And in the past, October has been iPads and Macs. I'm just saying historically in the past. So I'm going to lean on those announcements coming in October, but obviously wouldn't be surprised if we see them in September, but still iPads would most likely come in October. I don't think they would release for sale iPhone and iPad and Apple Watch all at the same time unless they don't give a and I guess Apple doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah, well, well I will be very curious if we um so you know I'm buying the iPhone uh cuz uh, cuz my my daughter's inheriting my 10 so I've got to buy one. Uh, unless I unless, unless I buy her a new one and she's not she ain't a twelve year old is not getting a brand new iPhone. <laughs> my twelve year old will never have a better phone than me. Never. No, that's that is a simple rule. <laughs> uh, dad and or mom, but usually dad has the best phone in the family. That's just that's just a, a Cabrera family rule. It's totally that's the way it works, and so that's that's the way it'll be. So yeah, so all right. Well, that's good. I can I can phase my purchases that way. Oh yeah, just yeah, just stretch stretch it out over a couple months, all the way through Christmas. There's always something coming. <laughs> Um, quick thing. Let's see other, other things they talked about, um, that are important. The, there's going to be a new multi-angle face ID sensor that is supposedly going to capture a wider, wider field of view. So not only will it unlock your hands more easily, they say that it could even detect your face better while the devices are flat on a table. And this would kind of, to me, potentially help speed up face ID. Just the fact that if it sees your face earlier, it'll be able to unlock it earlier. And that's always a good thing. So that'll probably help that speed wise. Reports of dramatically enhanced water resistance and even potential potential shatterproof shatter resistant technology. I, I mean, they say this every year, sure, but there's sure. still always iPhones that shatter on the front and the back. So we'll see. We'll see whatever that is. We'll see whatever that is. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, when has a phone not shattered that's made of glass? Has it ever right. happened? Exactly. No. No. Well, I. I mean, I've. Cracked. Mine, okay, fine. The, the ten, the ten takes a pretty good beating. I mean, I've dropped it now a few times, and it's still. And I don't. I'm. I'm a. I don't have cases on mine ever, mm. and so mm. um, I've dropped it a few times, and it's it's holding. I mean, I, I have broken it. I think this is my second one, so I think we've already replaced it. But um, but it's it's taken some hits. I mean, for sure, it's always an angle thing, right? It's yeah. like, well, how does it fall and the particular oh, yeah. thing? But this one, this one, I've probably had now over a year, and it hasn't. Uh, broken even though i've dropped it a couple times got some nicks on it yeah i mean i was using an iphone without a case for at least i still am honestly right now but it was just one drop that i was i thought it was the it wasn't even a drop that was massive i was like sitting down it was like two feet off the ground and it slipped out and it fell and then it totally shattered i'm like oh i guess that happened like you never know (laughs) honestly you never really really know so. No, you, I know. I'm always like holding my breath while I pick up the phone. Yeah, I, like, yeah. oh, is, is this? Am I going to Apple? 
How many more? How many more times on my Apple Care plan do I have before I got to pay for this thing? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, it's the only reason, I, the only reason I get my Apple, the Apple Care plan, is so that I don't have to get a uh, um, a case. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I actually agree to a certain level. I mean, some people are like that's crazy, but Apple Care does cover it like two drops, I think, and then you have to like or two issues, two major replacement issues, and then you have to. I mean. If you drop and really shatter your phone more than two times a year, then you deserve it. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I've there's certainly I've certainly had devices where I've blown through the Apple Care and not used it, but but when I've had it, it's been I, so I usually get it on almost yeah, everything too. I have. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We're old school Apple people like that. Honestly, like the kids are <laughs> like, why are you buying Apple Care? Nah, I'll pass on that. Because the phones are the grand now, man. <laughs> I know, it's a grand, man. You're All not right. just going out there and going, let me get a new phone. No. <laughs> well, maybe you are. I don't know. Okay, so um, before we get over to our Disney talk, another report here. And I don't know I don't know about you. I don't want to say this in a mean way because I, I respect their work. But I feel like Consumer Reports has continuously, like, almost deliberately tried to be like, all right, Apple, we're just going to, like, you guys suck now. You're no longer our brand. Maybe they like stop giving them access to their keynotes or something. <laughs> but Consumer Reports, in a recent sound quality test and comparison, they basically said, and I actually agree with them on some of these points, but it always makes the fun headline, Apple's latest AirPods versus the Samsung Galaxy Buds. And although Consumer Reports says that its sound quality testing revealed a clear winner between the two, the Galaxy Buds was a landslide winner they gave, I don't know their exact scoring system, but they gave the AirPods overall a score of a 56 versus the Galaxy Buds who earned a score of 86. You're going to love this. My Air, my AirBuds literally just died on me. Oh, it's okay. I could tell, but then I was waiting. I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to come back and you came back. Yeah, no, they literally just, uh, as you're starting the discussion, by the <laughs> way, I, 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 I put them in my ear at 3.30 because that's when you were calling. It's now, it's now no, 2.30. It's now 3.08, right? So 38 damn minutes. And they just died in the middle of your role on how Consumer Reports doesn't like these things. How awesome is that? <laughs> That is so classic. Yeah. Oh so, so we're we're on we're on the wired pods now, the backup wired pods now. But the um, sound good. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, yeah, they they clearly have an issue with Apple, right? I mean, I, I think they I do. I don't know how you recommend Galaxy Buds for a non Samsung phone or, or or for an Apple phone, just given the. Um, just how well they work together, type of thing. At, at the very least, I know they they said you know they do work well with Apple products, but we can't recommend. I mean, they're not that bad. They're they're solid. You they're, know, they're, they're solid. They're really good on it. We're yeah, not even like yeah. we're not even like you. You know, people that listen to us like know that you and I we do like the brand, but we don't suck the teeth that hard. And it's like <laughs> these are not bad earbuds. No, they're not. No. No, now, now after two years, because I think the set I have right now are two years old. After two years, the batteries suck. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, yeah, thirty-eight minutes of talk time ain't enough. But um, but wait, that's so, about it. So so wait, literally, they were charged. That that's how much you got. Yeah. The the, the oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I kind of want to double check my case, but I'm pretty sure the case was certainly the pods themselves was charged here. Yeah, the case has eighty-eight percent. So. Well, so, so yeah, they were they were fully charged and they died at in 38 minutes of talking. Here, here's the problem that I have though with really quickly with the AirPods 2 and the AirPods 1. I literally okay, yeah, you have the case, but what happened is like I kind of took my AirPods out and then took the other AirPods out and they kind of like were placed in different areas and then I put 
the two different AirPods back in and I have the original ones. I have AirPods oh. too, but there's no physical difference yeah. on the actual AirPods. There is on the case, <laughs> but on the AirPods. So I don't really know which one's which. And then my, my next thing was like, oh, hey, I'll, uh, you know, one of them you can turn on Hey Siri to, you know, and it you don't, it's a hands-free Siri, but I'm always around so many devices that it sets off Siri on the other <laughs> devices. It's, it's a first world that is oh, a first world. So pathetic. Yeah. It is that's so a first pathetic. world problem, buddy. That's it's a first world problem. Yeah, that's a pathetic problem. No, I agree. I mean, I, I, I have two of them. They look I have the two same. sets, right? And I, 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 yeah, they look the same. I, they're, they're fine. They do a good job. And I, I, I even rare. I'll, sometimes we'll travel. I, I can get away with them on a plane. Um, it just kind of depends on where you're sitting and how yeah, loud yeah, it yeah. is. But I, I've gotten away with them on a plane, and not have to pull out my, uh, my heavier Bose, uh, you know nice headsets to, that block out all the all the noise you got you got no when you're on a plane unless it's a short 40 minute flight you gotta you gotta bust out those bows baby yeah it is nice it it's is dreamy nice. all right let's take a moment to thank the sponsor of the show and that is you thank you so much for supporting this show at patreon.com slash brian tong this is all completely independent but we start at two dollars five dollars ten twenty five the one hundred dollar level is our platinum level but if I've given you any value over all this time and you'd like to return some of that value, I'd be so grateful. I am 100% independent. You can support this at patreon.com slash Tong. And the biggest thing, again, completely ad-free version of the show. We have different benefits at different levels. You get early access to all the content. That's right. People hear this show on my Patreon one to two days before the actual show goes out to the public. And then we do some other exclusive things, live chat. And also, once my live stream gets back up and running because our friends at Apple took it down, I'll be able to get those live streams per month going up again. So thanks so much again. Patreon.com slash Tong is the way that you can support this show. Okay, yep. so... This leads us to what you and I have been waiting for to talk about this whole time. <laughs> and we save it till later because some people are like, I don't want to hear about this. But look, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus. Now, I was just in Anaheim the entire weekend. I sat in on every major keynote. I saw everything that Disney announced. Am I a Disney property fan? Absolutely. So, But that doesn't still, when it comes down to content and how much you're paying for it, I don't think you have to be a fan to make a decision. But... I want to know kind of, first of all, externally what you saw. I, I don't know if I really need to catch up people because we talk about Disney Plus so much, but they just basically announced a lot of new shows coming to their service. It's still the $6.99 a month price. Um, a whole lot of content. But Gil, from you looking on the outside in and hearing what Disney Plus did at D23, like what are your thoughts on it versus Apple TV Plus? Because you know how I've always said like Disney Plus is already way ahead. What, what are your thoughts on it right now? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, as as I think we may have texted. I mean, they had me at at Mandalorian when I saw that. <laughs> I saw that preview. I was like, oh hell, take my money. Come it on, it was so good. It was so damn good. And then and then you get the Marvel shows on top of that 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 they seem to be rounding out as well, which looked pretty good. And I saw some of those at the at the Marvel panel for Comic Con as well. Um, so I, I, you know, I, th- this is one of those services. I think I'll probably not turn off very much mm-hmm. simply because well now i won't because i got the three-year but um uh but simply because the back catalog also just is is worth something right especially once they start consolidating everything um so i think that we that it'll be one of my primary um go-tos the other thing i'm curious about is if they're going to consolidate the disney channel into it um or not you know or if, the, if that content's going to be into it as, as well because like my kids watch 
uh, Disney Channel shows, uh, which we get because of our our uh, PS View uh, prescription uh, subscription. Yeah, you know what? I think that's going to be interesting. What you point out because so what I first found what just being there um, at D twenty three is I got to see the app in action. I have footage of it, but it's just raw, like on a big screen. And you know how normally like a lot of these services are like oh TV shows features movies. The nav bar is Disney, Pixar, Marvel, oh, Star Wars, and National yeah. Geographic. Like that's you, that's rad. <laughs> and you just hit the brand, and you go in, and you're like, dear God, there is so much really good content. Now there is a secondary side nav bar, kind of like Netflix, that you can pull the side, and then you can look at like you know um, special features and things like that. But the main navigation laid out much like an Apple TV layout. Um, is that the first five tiles across are their brands. And you're like, this is a beast. Like you feel it. And when I was there, when they kept on going down the line of all the content they did, not only for Marvel, but for Pixar, for Disney and star Wars. And then they're like, Oh yeah, we have a few national geographic things. I'm just like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The, the whole, the entire access to the entire Disney library. Like, I don't know about you. There's so many Disney movies that I just said like, eh, I'll watch it later. Like Maleficent, Aladdin, totally. things like that. And I'm like, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually watch this stuff, and it's a it's a killer deal. Now let me just break down some quick pricing and specifics for people that are listening. That are like, okay, why do why do you guys talk about this so much? So right now, what we know is Disney will at least per month cost six ninety nine a month. It'll be sixty nine ninety nine a year. But what they did right now is if you sign up um, for D twenty three, so at the convention, I was able to take advantage of this three year deal that gave you like $23 off per year and makes, and this covers for three years. So every year for the three-year deal that you'd lock into, it costs $140.97. You're basically paying something like $3.91 a month for three years for Disney+. And if you want to talk about, okay, let's compare roughly what else is out there on the market. I mean, it makes me questioning how long I'll keep Netflix because the basic Netflix streaming plan for just one stream is eight ninety nine a month. If you have, if you want the four K stuff, you're jumping all the way to a fifteen dollars and ninety nine cent per month plan. Um, Disney Plus is going to be four K with all with most of their stuff. It's going to be with that three year plan. You're talking about three ninety one, and you know the quality of content that's coming, right? I feel like sometimes with Netflix, it can be a crapshoot, and you just wait till like a show becomes popular or there's buzz around it, or it's just basically Stranger Things, and then you watch it, but man, I just, yeah, I was there, I'm a, like, I, I don't know, this looks... It's a good this, deal. Yeah, it's a killer it's a good deal. deal. Well, not only that, but think about this, like, I'm not sure I ever, I mean, I, I, this might not be what they want, but you know, I buy, because I can't help myself, I buy every Marvel movie, right? Me too, me I too. I buy every Star Wars movie. Me I don't too. have to buy those anymore. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's exactly what I was. Thinking that's too. like forty bucks, at least forty bucks a year, because that's that. There's there's probably two of those movies a year at least. Mm-hmm. This year was an expensive year, right? Because you had like mm-hmm. three movies, and, that, and Star Wars doesn't even come out yet. So uh, that saves you a ton of money right there. Uh, on, you don't own it, but who cares? You know, exactly. Um, exactly. So I'm 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 with you. I'm and I'm getting there with Netflix. Um, since we finished Stranger Things, I'm not sure we're we're keeping it on. I'm not sure. I I have to check to see who if anybody else in the family is watching anything. I'm just not <laughs> sure we are. So yeah, then, I turned I turned Hulu off when when we caught up on Handmaid's Tale. So yeah, that's right? kind of how I'm doing all that stuff now. And a lot of people are doing it that way. I mean, the other thing is that my brother even pointed out because Disney owns the rights to these things, it's not like they're licensing it out to people. Like, right, Netflix has to license out 
or at that time when they had all these Disney things, they're licensing that stuff out. But Disney owns this stuff. So it's in a way they're just plopping this onto their service. Uh, I'm not going to say for free, but it, it it's arguably no cost to them to put it on their service. Yeah, no, it's a good deal. And and, right? and like I said, if they if they if they move the sort of other if they put everything that is Disney in there, I you know that's that's a lot of that's a lot of content. I mean that that that, that 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 starts becoming an app that is you know on 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 our Apple TV is com- is competing with the PlayStation View and the yep. YouTube app yep. for for maximum usage. Exactly. Okay, so now let's transition <laughs> over to our friend Apple TV Plus. I don't know, man. It's looking bleak right now. I mean, it hasn't even come out. But I mean, why am I going to put down even, even if it is $5 a month for Apple? T- and I don't think it will be for for Apple TV Plus right now. Like, have you, okay, did you get a chance to look at both of those trailers? We, we yeah. They've released yeah. the morning show trailer. We've talked about it on the show, fine. But uh, they just released a second trailer, um, a Dickinson trailer, feeling, uh, featuring uh, Haley Steinfeld and, um, I I mean, it's is it is it based on actually Dickinson, but it has like a uh, Sofia Coppola, uh, Marie Antoinette kind of movie feel where they like they they put some weird modern stuff in a a period piece. Yeah. So I was I was trying to, you know, the trailer. Exactly. It's because they're like it's a period piece, but then they're like hip hop dancing. Right. Right. Yeah. And so what I I was like, okay, I need to find out what this show is about. So I'm going to read the description. Okay. Uh, it's just two sentences. Dickinson is a half-hour comedy series starring Oscar nominee Haley Steinfeld. Uh, Dickinson audaciously explores the constraints of society, gender, and family from the perspective of rebellious young poet Emily Dickinson. So here's what I, I did: I did run a test, and and this is an. This did you is run it by your family? Thing. I ran it by my wife. I ran okay, both good, of them good. by my wife. I and like my, this. And, and Krista was like, "Oh, the, both of those shows look really good," <laughs> and I'm like. Huh. <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the demo so far, right? And so and and so it's interesting because like now think about this on the Disney front, there ain't much that Disney's going to have on their app that my wife's going to want to watch. Mm, that's interesting. so it's sort of an interesting thing. But uh, in terms of how this ultimately breaks down from a market perspective, uh, you know, she generally does not decide which streaming services we buy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, everybody so, gill putting she, the hammer down. No, it's not it's not a matter of like it's just that she doesn't care. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. unless unless she reads a the only time she's like we have to watch the show wherever it is, you know, get that service or make sure we have it is she's read about it somewhere, it's getting a good it's getting a lot of uh hype and mm-hmm. she she wants to watch it. Maybe one of these shows will get that, but I'm not sure they were that the trailer stuff was to the extent of her saying, "Oh yeah, we we got to watch that show." I mean, she definitely said they both looked really good, and I and I I didn't tell her anything. I said, "Hey, check out these trailers for some new shows coming." I didn't even tell her where they were or anything mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and and she she reacted well to both of them because she also liked like the um, Dickinson to me was kind of like a, a, a almost like an edgier um, uh, what's that PBS <laughs> show that everybody watches? Um, um, not Downton, Downton Abbey. Yeah, Downton <laughs> Abbey. Right. It's, it's <laughs> period but it's edgier than downton abbey and she she was a big fan of downton abbey so who the hell knows i mean maybe maybe that that's that's the demo they're going for gil what do we know anyways honestly what i do don't man I, I so far i ain't paying for apple tv plus that's what <laughs> so, i'm saying right that's yeah, what i'm saying yeah, and i think yeah. that that those those are the two trailers they've shown us i'm just like i don't i just can't and i think the other thing is that until apple can produce enough shows 
of a level of quality that is compelling. Like we all we we saw the if you saw the Mandalorian trailer and I um really asked if you haven't seen already and you're listening, you got to see it. Like yeah. Disney even outright said we're not going to skimp on any budgets for our shows here. This is no, you're it, getting. And when I saw the Mandalorian trailer, I'm like, dear God, this looks like easily the same exact quality we see in the movies. It, did, it, like, it wasn't feature, even it questionable. Absol- yeah, it was absolutely feature length quality. I mean, it was crazy. I was like, damn. I was like, yeah. I was like, damn, right? You know, at the, special same, at, effects. At the oh. same time, the cast in that morning show is yes. insane. I mean, it is, it is, it is, I mean, that, it, I think, I think last week you talked about how much they're spending. I mean, you could see it just in the people they have on there. It's, it's probably crazy. just like four or five million just to use Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston in every episode. Right. Absolutely. And good for them. Good yeah. for them. They, <laughs> Hey, they negotiate it. Good for them. But wow, it's a little crazy. So, all right. So yeah, we're at the point where Apple's got to show us something and I really hope that we see it, but right at, um, at their keynote in September. But as of now, as we speak, I mean, you, you don't even think you'd be opening your wallet for Apple right now, right? Not yet. It's yeah. certainly not like, like, Again, with Disney, I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's plop down for the three years. It's a good enough deal, and I know that I'm going to want this content. Uh, Apple TV at most is going to be a pay-as-you-go kind of thing. With the, if, I'm watching, if I like a show, I'll turn it on, then I'll turn it off. You know? Yeah, Disney Plus will offer four simultaneous streams at a 4K quality for that price, whether it's $699 or the three-year deal you locked into. I, didn't, I don't think I mentioned that. If you want to lock into that three-year deal, uh, you can actually right now, I think before September 2nd or something, you can actually sign up for a free D23 account, and then they'll actually send you an email that will allow you to sign up for the Disney Plus service for the three-year deal that um, some people have already taken advantage of online and that I was able to do because I happen to be at the show. So I just want to let people know in case just to give them the best deal possible because I don't know how you can beat that for three years for $3.91, like $3.91 a year. Do you get a pin though? I mean, do you get a pin if you sign? You only, you only get a pin if you're at the show, Gil. Ah, see, there you go. You know, you you know go. this. I mean, come I'm, on. I'm just making sure. I don't know. <laughs> you're all, Disney, can you hear me? You send me a Founder Circle pin. I mean, they're giving away like four damn streamings, 4K. I mean, they're they're giving some stuff away here. They're, it's a good deal. They will not give away a ten dollar pin, probably worth fifty dollars on eBay. Okay, I haven't looked it up yet, but these these Disney pins it's, have. It's value. like that Tomorrowland pin, man. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I'm telling totally, you. Totally. That stuff has value. All right. Um, we're just going to bounce around and just kind of get a little quick, small notes before we wrap this up. Uh, Apple Music, this is kind of a surprise me, but it shows that they're willing to be a little more open when it comes to content. Apple Music gaining Chromecast support on Android. I did not see that one coming at all. Uh, well, it tracks with them because they're going on the smart TVs too, right? Didn't, didn't they, or is it just their Apple? Is it just iTunes content generally that they were putting on there? Well, you make a great point. I mean, they're they're talking about AirPlay going, you know, more yeah. AirPlay two specifically. They they actually have still been a little gray on which TV manufacturers are going to actually get like an iTunes app. Uh, I know Samsung is, but then some of the other manufacturers that still haven't launched with airplay 2 they haven't said outright yes we're going to get an apple tv app or an itunes video app they haven't actually been clear about that but uh you know they do have i guess i should take it back in a way i mean they do have apple music for android specifically on phones right but just not for chromecast and i mean i think it just shows how apple is like evolving and realizing we can't be this walled garden anymore because it's just it's just dumb you know 
Yeah, no, and well, and 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 what is very clear is they are making bank on their services now. <laughs> I mean, they are right. Like yes. it's it's yeah. it's becoming a serious line item where it was it used to be all hardware, mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden the services stuff is is like making serious you know billions of dollars now to their bottom line, and and at that point you've got to expand your your universe. You just do. Plus, it does give you. A potential foothold back to your hardware. I mean, yeah. you know, there, there is, there is, it's a, it's an interesting thing where they're, they're, they're almost like opening the ecosystem up to you, and maybe if you like the ecosystem, you come fully into it. I mean, it's sort of an interesting uh, play, uh, but I, I, I'm sure it's mostly driven by the fact that all of a sudden Tim Cook's like, wait. Where's all this billions of dollars in services coming from? That's crazy. <laughs> we don't have to build anything and the people just pay us? Right? This is great. Right? <laughs> hey, 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 developer guy, make an app that works using their API. Thanks. Totally, totally. Money, yeah. money, and, money, money, money. Android doesn't care. They love everything. Let's get on there. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, a Nintendo releasing another Nintendo property game. It's coming out September 25th. It's their newest game, Mario Kart Tour uh, they still have yet to listen to my advice from like five or seven years ago where I'm like, just put out your classic games, charge like $5 a pop, people will eat them, it'll fund your research and development for the next three years. But they put out this new game, Mario Kart Tour. Here's the thing, it's not like true Mario Kart because the kart itself moves and accelerates on its own. You just swipe back and forth with one finger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, well, it's just... It's hard to play those games on a on a. I think it's never. You can hold them place. sideways. Yeah. You have sausage fingers, Gil. No, it's not that. It's just I just I'm I'm not those games, especially you know games where you're like driving something <laughs> or or you know heavy heavy games where you'd use a controller a lot. I just tend not to play those on on the iOS devices. I just don't think it's as good. I think it, they should just they should have made it just more annoying and made it so you had to use the phone's accelerometer to drive it. Yeah, because like, <laughs> I, yeah, that, that maybe, maybe, maybe make you run around. I mean, but but mind you, I bought an Xbox controller for my Tesla because that big ass screen and the con- and the controllers that they had on there wasn't it wasn't fun to play the games using those controllers. It's much. Oh more yeah, you fun mean on play. screen, on screen. Yeah, yeah. So you have yeah, you have like a controller in your glove box ba- or in your like center console somewhere. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't they say they're gonna? They're pretty much gonna be bringing like actual YouTube and Netflix streaming in the future to the Tesla? Actually, very soon. Version 10 is going to have that. So is they'll, version they'll 10 that's going to have it? Yeah, so it'll, in the next uh, month it should have it. And then, But then they're bringing real real games as well um, with, with some, some serious engines uh, backing them up. So the Xbox controller will actually be handy soon. More toys to play with, Gil. Hey, you know, it's, it's a tough life. <laughs> All right, Gil. Well, hey, uh, thanks so much for coming out and uh, sharing the knowledge, just kicking it. I mean, it's always fun to have you on the show, buddy. My pleasure. Always fun talking tech with you, Brian. All right. We'll bring you back soon, man. All right. Looking forward right. to it. Thanks. Bye. All right, everybody. Big thanks to Gil Cabrera coming to the show, having fun. But you know what? This show is also always about you all. Calls, calls, calls. Call in. With a voice memo, all you got to do is just record it directly from your phone, use the voice memo app, and then share that, send that bad boy to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. We got a whole ton of calls. I love it. You guys are participating. You're being a part of this, and it makes it a whole lot of fun. So let's start off first up with Alex, who would like to talk about the Apple card. Hey, Brian, this is Alex from San Jose. Uh, I saw an article saying that the Apple card can be damaged by wallets and jeans. And not to put it uh, next to other cards or you know keep it away from leather. I have a perfect solution for you: a case for the Apple Card. 
just like how we have a case for the iPhone. It's a million dollar idea, and I give it to you for free. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, thank you, Alex. Thank you for your genius idea. Um, yeah, isn't that crazy? Basically, it could potentially stain. There were reports about that um, that happened after our show last week. I think, you know, I don't think you need a case, guys. I think that the million-dollar idea is actually called the Apple Cardom. It's a latex rubber sleeve that you can put over your Apple Card. You heard it here first, the Apple Cardom. For those of you that are smart at home, you can figure that out. I mean, you got D-Brand. They could put a skin on it. You could put a skin on it. You could put a case on it like uh, Alex, but I'm going to go for the Cardom. Okay. All right, next up, uh, we have a call, international calls. I love this. Let's get to it. Brian, this is Tavis from sunny Greece. Long-time fan since you post on the CBS Career site in the server room when I was 16 years old. Now I'm calling just to say to you, uh, all the Apple users that live in the USA, that you are so lucky and uh, you have to be more grateful about what you have there. For example, when you say Apple card, we say Apple what? Okay, the card may be new, but really, when you say Apple Pay, we say Apple what? And you know, you had it for years and here it was just released in last June with only four supported banks that aren't even local. So again, if you go to services, we just got eSIM, but in one of the three telecom providers here, and we got Wi-Fi calling some months ago, but it's a mess to activate because you just can't from the iPhone settings alone. So yeah, it's, not, uh, it's maybe not only Apple's fault that uh, haven't been them already here, but you know, we just need a little more love because we pay more for the same product and we don't get the same product. Anyway, just wanted to talk to you and say I'm so glad that you continue making shows, which I really enjoy. Keep up the good work. Stathis, my man. Okay, okay. First of all, thank you so much for calling in um, from the great, great Greece. Also, I mean, there's a lot of things that Greece has given us, but me as an NBA fan, one of my favorite players, Giannis Atentacumpo. Yes. How, how do you say that? Apple what? Stathis, you are forever immortalizing the show. If I am, I don't know what's going on with Apple and they're doing something crazy, you know what we're going to get? Apple what? <laughs> it sounds so good. Apple what? That is your legacy for the show. Thank you so much for calling in. And you know what? I think you give us some great perspective of, yeah, we, we sometimes get ahead of ourselves here in the U.S. where the company is based in. We do get all the benefits of getting these services and access to a lot of this stuff earlier, as well as pricing. You know, when you put the prices on these things internationally, they tend to go up as well. So I think you just gave us a moment, a little perspective that I think is always important. I mean, I just came back from China and I got a lot of perspective from that trip as well. Just be thankful for what you have. And we throw out the bad apples because they're fun, but we all know like the fact that we can talk about tech and criticize it and laugh about it. I mean, we're lucky to do that. So just want to acknowledge your call and just say thank you again. And you will forever be a part of this show. Like, I guarantee it. All right. Next up, we've got a call from Drew who wants to follow up with the Apple card. 
What up, Brian? This is Drew again in Indy. Just wanted to give you an update on the Apple Card. So last time I uh, called you and left you a message, um, I hadn't received it yet. But later in the day, after I sent you the message, um, I was able to get it. So um, went through all the steps, went through the process. It was super easy. Um, got approved within two minutes, and I had the Apple Card set up in my wallet. So I'm um, looking forward to using it for the first time. Um, just want to give you the update. Uh, have a good one and keep doing what you're doing. Peace. Well, Drew, isn't that nice? Over here, first world problems. Stathis reminds me to, you know, just be humble, just keep it cool. Um, yeah, I still don't have access to get an Apple card. Everyone I've called says there are no red flags on my accounts whatsoever. My only hunch, and someone had written and called in and said to me, hey, maybe it's because you had a previous freeze on your account, which I did lift, and that freeze was because years ago someone tried to basically, you know, get access to my cards and whatnot because they're cray cray. But at this moment, um, yeah, I don't even, I don't, e I can't even call it an Apple Card, you know. To me, it's a Apple what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I promise I won't use that stinger anymore. Next call, Lamar in the house. Hi, Brian. This is Lamar in Ohio. Big fan of you since the CNET days. Happy that I still get to enjoy your coverage and opinions. In the last episode, you talked about the Apple Watch uh, Series 5. You mentioned that you felt that uh, most people won't track sleep every day. I just wanted to say that uh, this is basically one of the main reasons I still wear my Fitbit Versa and have never gotten an Apple Watch. Sleep tracking is a huge factor for me. While I may not check it every day, I do check it almost every day. And I also like to see the weekly and monthly trends that the Fitbit provides as far as uh, in the sleep area. Uh, so sleep and the lack of sleep is such an important factor in our health. Uh, you know, tracking steps, heart rate, and workouts is nice. But to be a complete health solution, the Apple Watch really needs to offer a combination of, uh, you know, better battery life and built-in sleep tracking. Um, I, I'm just a skeptic, though. I really don't think that Apple's going to be able to give the Series 5 the battery power jump that it would need for you to be able to wear it all night. For that, it would need at least that uh, three-day battery life like my Fitbit Versa. And I just don't think that's happening. What do you think? Um, at, at most, I think we may get a 20% increase in battery life. Uh, so let me know what you think on that. Also, real quick, the 5G scam. I don't know if you saw these stories that came out last week where these carriers, all of the major phone carriers, are throttling apps like YouTube. Uh, and so you... You think you have 4G speeds, and in, and in reality, they're six times. In fact, in my testing, it was six times slower than 4G uh, when I tested the YouTube app. So, uh, so you think you have a uh, you know 18 megabytes per second download speed, and it ends up being three when you three megabytes per second when you're trying to watch a video on YouTube. I think that's a huge scam. They're going to try to upsell us on 5G, and we're actually going to be getting much, much slower speeds when we actually want to utilize those speeds. So let me know what you think on that. I think it's disgraceful, but I guess I'm not shocked. Anyway, I look forward to hearing your response and keep up the good work, man. Yo, Lamar, they're throttling your 5G like that. You know what that calls for. Boo! That's a bad apple. Okay. So 
obviously 5G still has a way to go. And the fact that they may or most likely throttle different apps depending on their usage doesn't surprise me because these are the carriers that the carriers have never honestly worked at for the consumer. The closest one, quite honestly, would be T-Mobile. I don't know if T-Mobile is throttling certain apps with 5G. I think Sprint just recently rolled out 5G in a whole bunch of cities. Los Angeles was just one of them. I think they started rolling it out today. Still has a ways to go. They still have to figure it out, the stress on their network. I think they're playing it safe, but typically what you pointed out when they throttle it down, what what ha, when have they ever been incentivized to be like, hey, we're actually going to give you more data speed? No, no, no. They're going to keep on taking it back. So yeah, that's horrible. As for the Apple Watch, you know, battery life is paramount to really utilize the sleep tracking to the most. I don't know what we'll see. I don't know how much watchOS 6 optimizes it. We still have heard very, very little about the Apple Watch other than potential ceramic titanium design, you know, from a standpoint of what what health feature it could really bring new to the table. Maybe blood pressure, maybe, but very, very minimal when we talk about the Apple Watch. It's all about Watch OS 6. They're going to have to make it compelling, but from a sleep tracking standpoint, like I've talked about for a long time, Fitbit and Microsoft's ban, they did it right. Super detailed information. And I know maybe I should backtrack a little because I get less and less sleep than I used to. I just don't, once I figured out my patterns and knew what I had to do, I stopped checking it. But to your point, one of the number one contributing factors to your health is your sleep. So uh, I didn't want to minimize it in that way, but it is important and you make a great point. So um, if an Apple Watch can even really truly get through two days of battery life, I think that's impressive. But if it's still one, one and a half days, you're basically charging that thing every day. So if you're going to wear it when you sleep and you wear it when you're out, when are you going to charge that thing? That's the problem, the biggest problem with it. So we'll see what solution they come up with. All right, next up, I'm your hope. You're my hope. Hey, it's Aaron Hope. Hey, BT, it's Aaron Hope from Durham, North Carolina, calling to tell you one of the things I'd love to see at the upcoming Apple event would actually be a HomePod that is in the form of a sound bar. I think this will be fantastic because you could integrate an actual Apple TV in it and then still get your whole uh, Adobe Atmos sound uh, support right there all in the box. That's also kind of what I was thinking in response to your interview with Technodad. What do you think? you think uh, Apple should make a sound bar? Let us know. Oh, man. Aaron, you're now you're getting me juiced up. An Apple TV home bar. That, that I could honestly get behind. You know me, I'm a Dolby Atmos, Dolby Vision freak. I love this stuff. And, you know, that, that takes it to that next level. And home bars, sorry, home bars, Dolby Atmos sound bars, they're more and more popular. You have sound bar systems um, that are more extensive. I did a big old comparison with them recently as a video. But I I like where you're going with this. If there was... Forget an Apple TV HomePod. Let's go with the Apple TV Home Bar. Aaron Hope, we heard it here from you first. Good stuff, Aaron. All right, next up, um, someone who wanted to make a correction from last week's show. Hey, Brian, this is Apple Bits XL Nitpicker 99. You said on your last podcast that two terabytes was $2.99 a month. I'm 
extremely disappointed, hurt, confused. I don't even know who I can trust anymore. It's $9.99, not $2.99. You're supposed to be the authority, but you're not. P.S. I'm canceling my Patreon. (laughs) Bye. Wow, if only we had such great calls like that every week. Um, whatever your nitpicker 99. Thanks for the call. But he does make a good point. Uh, look, there's so many numbers flying around in my head. It was supposed to be 299 for 200 gigs and 2 terabytes is 999. So thanks again, nitpicker 99. Wow. Go outside a little bit, okay? Get some sun, because you're probably pasty. All right, last call coming to us from Burham. How's it going, Brian? It's Burham here from Melbourne. I wanted to add a comment to your observation you made whilst in China, uh, just with the general vibe you got of what sort of smartphones people were using. Um, I recently got back from Europe, and I travelled around for five weeks, and I noticed a similar, similar split between iPhone and Android users as roughly... 50-50, uh, but it's interesting with the typical iPhone user, um, these guys over in Europe are still using really old models such as the 4, the 5, and 6s. Um, I recall I saw an iPhone 7 once. Um, the thing is, the guys over there do love the iPhone, and they're just too darn expensive in some of these parts of Europe. Um, a lot of these countries do not have an Apple store close by or even an authorised reseller. Uh, so people are holding onto old models. Um, we know the hardware's there, the software keeps these phones alive for longer. Um, as an example, I saw an iPhone 8 at a T-Mobile store. It was brand new, unlocked, a 64 gig model was selling for 1200 US equivalent. And that sort of figure is it's out of reach for a lot of uh, the consumers over there in Europe. So I just want to share my observation as well. It's interesting because you made a similar observation in China as well. Um, the love out there for the iPhone is there. It's just very expensive, that's for sure. Thanks, Brian. Keep up the great work. Burham, thanks for calling in, being a regular man. Um, I love that perspective because, dude, an eight, an iPhone eight, you said, or eight plus, twelve hundred US dollars. Yeah. Over in Europe, y'all are smart. You should not be paying that much money. <laughs> for an iPhone 8. Sheesh. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Remember to call in with a voice memo. That's the applebitsshow at gmail.com. Applebits with a Z, your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your ideas. I thought we had a great crop of calls today. And also, we always got to say thank you so much to our Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatakar. Thank you so much for being a part of the show and allowing me to do this. But also, thank you to all of you. I can't say it enough for continuing to support this show. And whether it's at $2 or the highest level, or if you can't afford to support the show, you know what? The best way to help me, even if you already do support the show, five star on iTunes. Put a little comment on the reviews. I think we're somewhere around like 860-something five-star reviews that is just amazing to me so thank you for your support as always patreon.com slash brian tong 
We're going to keep on chugging. We're going to keep on going. We had a real long, juicy, beefy show for you, but I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you next week for all the latest and greatest. You know how we do it. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Take care. Peace. Peace.